0: Today I just want to talk about pastoral ministry and hospitality in a missionary key. Before COVID-19 as parish leaders, we had many opportunities to engage with people of all ages for Mass, prayer, with outreach, for education and social time. We had many programs in place that have now been redefined by the virus and redesigned by the grace of God and the creativity of clergy, parish staffs and many volunteers upon whom our communities depend. Parish leaders and volunteers have worked extremely hard on reopening and creating safe spaces. And it may seem like hospitality needs to take a back seat right now because hospitality at the parish has just become very complicated. Limited seating for mass, no large gatherings for the foreseeable future, virtual religious education just to name a few. Um, We miss our community and they certainly do miss us. It seems prophetic that in 2013 Pope Francis wrote the Joy of the Gospel in which he tells us that, and I quote, pastoral ministry in a missionary key seeks to abandon the complacent attitude that says, we have always done it this way. I invite everyone to be bold and creative in this task of rethinking the goals, structures, style, and methods of evangelization in their respective communities. When I read that, it took me by surprise. It was so bold. He wants us to rethink the goals, structures, style, and methods of evangelization. We're now at a point where we're being forced to do that. At this moment, hospitality is confined to keeping everybody safe. Or is it? Is that our main task right now? During these past months, we've been compelled to adapt and adjust, rethink our goals, styles, and methods. In some ways, the situation has actually cleared the way for us to be bold and creative, hasn't it? But in this COVID-19 moment, what are some ways in which we can show our community that we love them? We should begin, especially as ministry leaders, with what else but prayer. (laughs) Praying for and with each other invites the Holy Spirit into our conversations, meetings, plans, and most of all, our relationships. Intentionally setting aside time for prayer and just for listening to one another develops trust and lays a foundation on which to build a healthy team spirit among us as parish leaders. We need to pray for the Holy Spirit to guide us as leaders to give us wisdom in dealing with the challenges that we have never faced before. One thing we can do after we have spent a great deal of time of prayer is to observe our ministries. How are we perceived by the people we serve? What is their experience when they come to the parish or when they contact us? Is it easy to speak to a real person, for example, when they call on the phone? As leaders, are we visible and available at the weekends? Maybe. We need to rethink our hospitality strategy if we are not present to the community when they come through our doors. We cannot be complacent and say, but we have always done it this way. We're in our offices from nine to five during the week. How do we approach welcoming? Do we have people in place who have the gift of welcoming and for whom every encounter is an encounter with Christ who lives in every single one of us? Are we joyful? It sounds so obvious, but greeting one another with a smile works wonders. And even while wearing a mask, your eyes can shine with recognition and with love. I had a real experience of this in parish ministry before COVID, admittedly. But one Sunday after Mass, someone came up to me and said that they saw me at the door as they arrived before Mass, smiling at them, greeting them and acknowledging their presence. It had lifted their spirits because they were recognized because someone at church knew who they were and was happy to see them. It was just a smile. That is how the Holy Spirit takes our small acts of kindness and magnifies them. He fills them with his power to console, heal, embrace, and bring joy that we cannot even begin to fathom. So now I just want to turn to St. Therese of Lisieux. I have a great devotion to her, as anybody that knows me would would know. She entered the cloistered convent at age 15, died at the age of 24, and yet she is a doctor of the church. She knew that her vocation was love. Her little way of love sounds so simple and obvious that we can easily overlook it. She knew that the secret to sanctity was self-sacrifice, and since she was not able to be a missionary, a warrior, or a martyr, She decided that her path to sainthood was right in front of her. Her mission field was the convent, and her mission was to bring love into every encounter. In the development of her understanding that extreme love is expressed in our attentiveness to the little things, we can see that radical hospitality does not need to be so radical. It is the little things that often have the greatest impact. In my work in the Office of Young Adult and Campus Ministry, we held many listening sessions with Millennials. We wanted to find out how they perceived the church and why they were not engaging with the faith or with the parish as in times gone by. When asked why they drifted away, they said, There are no re-entry points. This broke my heart. I prayed about that statement and realized that we are the re-entry points. Kindness is our currency. They don't want to speak to somebody who speaks to them like a bureaucrat or an office person. They just want to make a connection with someone and to feel part of the community. Right now, entrance to church may be limited, but we can be the entry points for people of all ages to receive the love of God, to realize that they have a community that cares about them, that misses them when we do not see them. We're a family after all, aren't we? And we must look out for each other. Missionary discipleship and spiritual multiplication begin with using the model that Jesus taught us. Invest in a few. And we may be saying to ourselves, how can we do that when we have so many people to worry about? Well, guess what? We don't have so many people now. We are not able to gather safely with more than a few. And all the programs which kept us so busy have been stripped away. Now is the time to be intentional about discipling others and help them to become missionary disciples. Take the time. Think about those that could use a little lift and ways in which you can bring a little sunshine into their day at the parish or in the neighbourhoods. The virus has made it difficult to invite people into our homes for a meal or go to a restaurant for coffee or breakfast, or to meet for Bible study or prayer, and most people are getting more than a little tired of meeting virtually. I know I am. So how can we incorporate hospitality in a COVID-19 world? How can we reach out to one another in love while being prudent about safety? What are some practical ideas that can help us? Again, it's the little things. Since so few people can come to us, we must go to them. Pope Francis said, I prefer a church which is bruised, hurting and dirty because it has been out on the streets rather than a church which is unhealthy from being confined and from clinging to its own security. So how about organising a small group to take part in an outdoor activity or getting outdoors because it is a great stress reliever. I don't know about you, but going out for a walk clears my mind and lifts my spirits. Look at your outdoor spaces. When the autumn weather moves in, a blanket, a bench, a listening ear are all you need. And if you have a fire pit, that's even better. What about your driveway? Deck or front porch is a venue. Social distancing observance does not stop us from inviting a neighbour to step on our driveway, to bring their own chairs spaced apart, bring out the TV and watch the football. Tailgate! That's not an English tradition, by the way, and even though I have lived here for 38 years, I don't think I've ever experienced one. But I think it could work, don't you? If you have a big enough driveway, that is. What about drive by greetings? We have seen many examples of these, but we've gone to the trouble of um, doing this ourselves or for someone else. Make a sign saying happy birthday, thinking of you, congratulations. Drive by slowly and carefully, and if you're far enough away, you don't have to wear a mask, and you can smile, and they can see you. This is the time to be generous. Maybe it's just a box of tea bags and some cookies left on the doorstep of someone that is sick or a friend. Drop off flowers or a box of donuts to a neighbourhood family with a new baby. Or just because. You just don't really need a reason to show love. Perhaps it's a card sent to a recently married couple or a simple phone call or text. How are you? I'm going to the store. Do you need anything? Many people are filled with fear right now. A note or a card with cheery words of encouragement or something light-hearted to bring a smile would be most welcome. How about a thank you note to the priest for an outstanding homily, for having a live mass available online, or for ministering to you and your family in a time of need despite current restrictions? How about listening to a coworker, and I mean really listening to their story or suffering and offering to pray for them. Simply your joyful presence actually could remind them that there is light at the end of the COVID tunnel. You could relieve family members of the stress of working from home and supervising children. If, if you can do this without putting yourself and others at risk, offer to help with nieces, nephews, cousins, or grandchildren. Posting hope-filled, joyful messages on social media is a great idea. You can reach so many, not just the people that are in your immediate circle. Go through the drive through pick up a hot chocolate for an elderly neighbor, or set a pumpkin spice latte in front of the parish secretary. See her light up. Invite a friend or a family member or a co-worker to join you in praying the rosary, either in person with social distancing or online with other groups. Have a selection of prayer cards handy. Give one that seems appropriate to someone in need of prayer. Leave it on a desk or a chair with a post-it note. I saw this and thought of you. Wow, that would really make my day. In St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he tells us to strive for the greater gifts, and he will show us an even more excellent way. And he even also says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails.